Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to RinkWise, New England's premier hockey podcast produced by the New England Hockey Journal. I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. We are excited to kick off this 2023 hockey coverage. Back in studio again, Evan Miranovsky. Thanks for joining us, Evan. Of course. Always a pleasure to do this with you, Stephanie. Always a fun time. And we are, of course, revisiting our prep hockey coverage. And we just finished the boys' coverage. And now going to have an in-depth look at the girls' side. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, again, prep is girls' prep this year so far, as we'll get into. Interesting start. New teams. New stuff. But, Stephanie, you have a team in prep. Austin prep. We do. Quite good so far this year to start. How about that? Not bad. Yeah, you know, can't are, hate it. We're, we're definitely holding our own. So far, so good. We're, we're actually 9-1-1. One, and one. Yeah, you can pat yourself on the back for that. That's good. So we, uh, we have a long way to go, but, uh, but definitely it's, it's, a, it's been a great transition so far. And again, we're holding our own. And Evan, I think one of the things we talked about in the last uh, girls' prep coverage was how interesting it was that not only us, like we graduated 12, or we lost 12 players from last year, but... A lot of schools graduated huge classes on the girls' mm-hmm. side. And as we can see, it's certainly made an impact, I think, for a lot of programs so far. Yeah, I, and we'll get into that. And I think you look at the landscape and, and the senior classes. I mean, you, I imagine a lot of the teams you've played and a lot of the teams you've been keeping an eye on outside of your own, a lot have lost those big senior classes. And you're sort of starting to see it affect how they play, right? We have, and yeah, it's it's ultimately you such veteran groups just across the board in the league. I mean, it's a, it's like a bit of a younger league. Mm-hmm. You know, the hockey's still great, and it's just it's just how things fall sometimes. You really can't help if you have big classes that you lose. And again, coincidentally, it's just a, several programs have had that. Nobles had a huge class. Cushing had a huge class, and we had a big class. So it's just kind of how the chips fell a little bit, but you're just, you're seeing, I think, so far on the girls' side, the, the same, I think, consistency with leading programs. But my observation is you're going to see a much tighter race when we get towards the finish line. So meaning less gaps, less wider margins and scores and, and things like that as we get closer to the end of the season. So it's interesting. You mentioned it's going to be tight. And we, at the beginning of the season, the preseason rankings Literally on the website, it was titled Tight Among the Top Ten. I mean, we had Nobles at one to begin the year. Recently, in our uh, latest rankings on December 23rd, uh, they were at number three. And they've, yeah, I think, even lost a game since then. Interesting group because they're a dominant prep powerhouse. And this year, they have not been to that level of domination so far, it seems. They have not. So compared to, I think, their teams of the past. But again... They, lo- they graduated a huge class last yeah. year. And no matter what, even when you have returning great talent and, and a lot of players coming back, you're going to be younger. And I think oftentimes it takes a while. It's a process to really get that younger group engaged and up to speed with your system and, and level of play. And sometimes that just takes time. And we did have them at number one. Mm-hmm. And I think as we can see so far this season, Williston, Girls are mm-hmm. really sort of setting the pace. Yeah. Number one right now, as they should be. And they they recently played Nobles, I believe it was right before the holidays, and it was a, right down to the wire. I think it was like a one-goal game, but it came right down to the, the last minute of play. So, again, as we can see, Nobles number three, but no matter what, these games are going to be real tight and they're going to be real close as we progress throughout the season. It's so funny. We talk about these teams at the top and say, oh, they've fallen off a little bit. They went from number one to number three. Like, I don't know, if you're in the top five, that's that's pretty good. Like, 
Can't hate that. Wills and Northampton, though, interesting group. Really strong starts from Emily Crovo, Catherine Kang. They seem to have a group there coming off of the Elite Eight win last year that could potentially repeat this year. Like it seems like there, there was no uh, uh, there, there was no in the in the NHL they say Stanley Cup hangovers. There was no hangover in the situation. They seem to be kind of picking up right where they left off. They have, yeah, and they clearly have a strong group of returners and particularly players that have played last year, have experienced success and know what it takes to get there. And Monique Lyons is also having a great season for them. She's really emerged as one of their top forwards. And not only does she have great scoring ability, but she's an exceptional playmaker and usually involved in their offense. So they definitely have a lot of tools there. And again, seem to be setting the pace, but it's a, it's a long season and uh, there's still a long way to go. And ultimately, I think we're going to see some of the programs that we have in our, our top five or top eight also continuously get better and better as we approach March. Yeah, and it's Play funny. Season. It's funny. I said, pat yourself on the back for Austin's, Austin Prep's hot start. Obviously, you're the head coach there. So that's a big thing, but maybe even bigger than that. I think at the beginning of the year, if memory serves, wasn't Phillips Andover your team that you said was going to make a big splat, like make a big push at the beginning? We had them at number nine. They were recently at number two. They've moved up a lot. Um, so pat yourself on the back for that. That's I guess you can, you can celebrate a take early. I know it's January. It's early to mid-January here. There's a lot left in the season, but you can celebrate that a little bit. I think that's, that's worthy of celebration to be that right on a take early in the year, number nine and number two. What have you seen out of them? Yeah. Hey, listen, Evan, that's that's why we're here, right? Yeah. That's why we're we're here. We, we we'll celebrate the good takes. We will not tell you when we miss out when we, when we miss on a take. We won't talk about that, yeah. obviously. Yeah, and it's just it's it's a bit of just again, knowing the landscape and what programs have lost and Phillips Andover, they're they're really deep on the girl side right now. We talked about Cushing on the boys' side, just having four lines that they can run pretty consistently. I mean, Phillips Andover on the girls side can do the same thing and their fourth line is almost just as good as their second or, or first line. So it's just, they're they're just deep. Like they kind of come in waves. They have goaltending. They're really deep on defense. I mean, they have eight defensemen that they can roll out at any time that are going to be consistent and effective for them. And they have four to five lines that they can put on the ice. And that's, that alone, in my opinion, is a huge asset in comparison to some of the other programs in the prep scene because you're lucky if you have one line that can score consistently, yet alone uh, being able to have two or three or even four that you can put out and, and all are contributing to your offense and, and game plan. How often do you see as a coach other lines shut other lines down? Like let's say you face a team and they're a one, let's say they're a one-line team. They have a, a, a stacked top line. But if that line gets shut down, not a lot left. That's why a team like Andover can succeed as well as ever because they're deep how often like how important I know you mentioned a little bit but how often do you see teams or or kind of when you're game planning for a team how often are you looking at at their roster and saying oh that's a one-line team if we just shut them down we can kind of exploit their weaknesses in other areas I think very much so but it's again every year talking about the landscape of the teams this year it's every I feel like a lot of programs us included are in a different position than they were last year so Yes, I think to answer your question, but you know, every year that you have, every single team is different. So like our team is clearly different than last year. Like we're still finding ways to be successful, but you know, for example, like we don't have as much depth. So we have to find ways to still make it work. And 
I think, put some of your younger and newer players in roles that they can succeed in, and that also works for your team. So in a perfect world, yes, you can try to match lines and try to really strategize and have a game plan, but, you know, it's just every single year is different, and sometimes I think it takes time to establish what your identity is and, and also how your team will be successful. So we are finding a way to be successful this year, but it's come a lot different than how we were successful last year. And that's that what's so sense. fun about this this level is that every, as you said, every year is different with your your personnel. This is not an NHL team where you can go out and, and keep these people for 10 years and develop them and all that. This is obviously very different. I think Andover, it feels like, is in that phase where they just have a lot. Whereas in a couple of years, it might be totally different, right? Like a team like that, players graduate, players leave. You have a younger team at some point. Nobles is kind of going through that now. Even though they have strong seniors like Cal Cerruti and Ellie Mabardi, you still have a lot of younger players that you have to kind of get acclimated to the prep scene, which is a much tougher level of hockey than a lot of these kids have ever been in. Absolutely. And that's why I would also say a program like Nobles, for example, who is predominantly been the number one team for years. They've been dominant in the in the girls' prep world. And don't knock them off just oh, yet yeah. because they're our number three right now. But Coach Tom Resor has so much experience and so much experience coaching championship teams. So as we mentioned on the boys' side, now that the, the holidays are behind us, we're coming up to the second half of the season. You, most teams really get into the core of their schedule and they'll get into a lot more consistency with practices and et cetera. So I, I think you're going to start to see even a team like that who's younger, they're going to get better and better as the season goes on, as hopefully all of us do. But <laughs> just someone with that much experience, like he he knows how to win and he knows how to really develop his his younger players. So I think when you get to the, to the end of the season, um, they're going to be in that mix like they always are. But I think Phillips Andover will absolutely be there. And Williston, I think, would be my, my top three right now. New England Hockey Journal's RinkWise podcast will return after this message. Want to improve your hockey skills? Join the pros and try Sense Arena Hockey, a VR training tool available for both players and goalies. Elevate your game by improving your decision-making read and react skills. Train in-game scenario reps with Sense Arena to improve your hockey IQ. Reaction time, puck tracking ability, use of peripheral vision, anytime, anywhere. Play and train in over 500 different game-like scenarios. Don't miss our holiday deal. Save over $500 and get the MetaQuest 2 for free with the purchase of an annual plan. To take advantage of this offer, visit hockey.sensearena.com. That's hockey.sensearena.com. Sense Arena Hockey, training the next generation. Catch the Sacred Heart University Pioneers on the ice this season. The Pioneers Division I men and women's hockey programs will not disappoint. Season ticket packages and individual tickets are on sale now at sacredheartpioneers.com. And opening in 2023, Sacred Heart University's Martiri Family Arena, a brand new 122,000 square foot premier skating facility in Fairfield, Connecticut. Learn more at sacredheartpioneers.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. 
UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. In our preseason, we had our top three as Nobles, Loomis, Chafee, Tabor, one, two, three. And recently, we had our top three as Williston, Andover, Nobles, which is, again, your your top three as well. Loomis and Tabor, um, what have you seen out of them? How are they doing? They're doing well. I think they're doing as expected. Every year, they're they're certainly in that mix of, of kind of the, the top eight. And I think right now, they're, they're kind of status quo. I mm-hmm. think would like to see more of their schedule as they get going with some some big games coming up to, to really, I think, um, have a better feel of whether they're going to be a, a candidate for finals or a championship down the road. But I think right now, they're performing as we expected and status quo. I guess, as we're at this point in the season. Yeah, it's interesting with with teams like that because we had them at number, we had them at two and three, and re- recently in the rankings, they were um, they were nine and ten, which again is fine. You're <laughs> still in the top ten. Like, that's the other thing. We keep it like, it's fine to be like that. I believe Williston-Northampton just beat Tabor two-nothing last weekend. So uh, it's, it's interesting with those teams. We had St. Paul's preseason at number four. How have they evolved? They've done okay. So they, as we mentioned to start the season, they are they have a new coach this year. Mm-hmm. So for the first time in a long time. So Heather Farrell had been at the helm of that team for well over a decade. So that's that's a big change. Huge change. So not only are they experiencing a, a big graduating class and, and just a bit of a different roster landscape, but also under a new head coach. And as we know, that takes time. So I would say St. Paul's is, they're doing okay. They, they're probably not as quite as powerful as they've been in the past. But, but again, no, it's, it's the season's just beginning. And I think we're, we're going to start to see now as we get going really what teams can do. But right now I think they're doing okay. And we'll certainly look forward to them coming up to a more challenging schedule and getting to the, the core of their, their games coming up. Well, it's funny. Like we mentioned this on the boys episode. And you see these teams in December and you think, oh, what they, this isn't working. This isn't that good. This, they got to improve this and then you think there's still a whole two months left of the season like you're not even a third into the year yet and I think with a lot of these teams Nobles, St. Paul's, Loomis, Tabor and and Tabor's certainly been pretty solid as well you you it takes good things take time it, it certainly does. And it's it's a marathon. That's yes. saying it's a marathon, not a sprint. <laughs> not a sprint. <laughs> it's it's one hundred percent accurate. And even with us, if you're if you're doing your job right, like we are at this point right now in January, a completely different team than when we started our first game. And that's a good thing, as we should be. Mm-hmm. And hopefully in four weeks from now we're a completely different team than when we were right now. And that's important as you go on throughout your season. Like you, I think to really be competitive in this league, you have to be progressing each and every week of your season. Your your weakest players, so to speak, have to be getting better and better as the season goes on. And if you're running three lines or four lines, that third or fourth line 
has to be getting better as the season goes on if you want, if you plan to make a deep run. Well, I remember when I was playing, our, our coach's mindset, actually, Will Ortiz was my high school hockey head coach of my senior year, and who's the assistant at Dexter on the boys' side, and he always used to say, you want to play your best hockey at the end of the year. And that's obvious, but it's tough to do. Teams get out to hot starts and get complacent with it. Teams sometimes don't improve. As a coach, from your perspective, how do you get your players to play their best hockey come February and March? Well, it's, it's, it's a process, for sure. And as I mentioned, every single team is different. Every single group of kids is different. So when it comes to coaching, if there's one thing I've certainly learned over the years, is you are going to have a lot of consistencies in how you approach things, maybe your drills and et cetera. But just like any great teacher, there's not a one-size-fits-all. So my coaching tactics and style is similar year to year and you certainly grow and you change a bit but I have to do things differently this year than I did last year and we have to identify what our weaknesses are this year as a team and we have to address practices and and drills based on improving those things so again year to year it's different last year I didn't have to work on some of these things. Yeah. I'm just kind of lucky. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to do a whole lot last year, but that was like the, the dream team, right? But it's, again, it's, it's, it's getting them to buy into that. And listen, it's, it's hard. You, you have a group of teenagers effectively, yeah. right? So it's, it's. Who have lives and have things outside of hockey too oh, that you yeah. have to think about. Yeah. Yeah. And let's not forget at the end of the day, they're, they're at private schools. Their, their number one objective is to get a great education while also playing the, the sports that they love and, and hopefully for someone to play in college someday. So, but you know, so far for us, it's been great. The league itself is, is exceptional. The mm-hmm. level is, is wonderful. And I think most importantly for our college prospects that, which we have several that want to, and certainly have the ability to play division one or division three college, it's been great preparation for them. And this will be a really great platform to help them get there someday. And get them some exposure, which is nice. Indeed, indeed. And back to our list here, um, our preseason, I, I still think, Evan, that we're, we're pretty accurate, I think, on the girls' side. And looking at Kent that we had on our list, and they just had a huge win recently over Nobles. And again, a really close game. I mean, you have to look at these games and... If you really examine them, I mean, they're coming right down to like the last minute of the game, mm-hmm. so to yeah. speak. So I think they they just beat Nobles two nothing. I mean, it was a one nothing game. They got an empty net goal. So I think our preseason list is still really quite accurate. But I think on the girls' side, it's just it's going to be a m- much much tighter margin of games. I don't think we have any team here, even including Williston, who's who's our number one who is just going to run away with games. Blow teams out. Yeah. I, I think I think is we're, we're going to see some really great hockey here as we get going. And I think, I think the postseason will be extremely tight. Which is the best. Number six, we had BB&N at the beginning of the year. How... How have they evolved? How do you see them fitting into the, the, the top 10 in the picture now? Yeah, they're interesting. Again, I think kind of like Tabor and, and some of these schools, like they're, they're, they're doing okay. I think, I, I think we, we need to see more out of them still just to, to, to really, I think, have a, a good projection of if they'll be in the Elite Eight or not. But I think they're doing okay. And they, I think they're, they've, they've won games they, they should have. I think they have lost a couple. Maybe they, sh- they should have won. But, you know, again, it's early. And we're going to get to the core of the season coming up. And certainly on our list. But I think want to see a little bit more out of them still. Same thing with Deerfield. They're 
they're doing okay. They they lost some big players from last year too. And again, just the, the landscape is just, it's just different. Coincidentally, there's just a lot of programs that lost a lot. And Cushing, uh, we have on our list. I mean, they're always a big program, but they, they lost a huge graduating class and a, a really talented class last year. And right now they're they're doing pretty good, but they're they're also playing right now without star player Sam Tabor, who's mm-hmm. with Team USA U18 right now. That's so pretty good. Not bad. <laughs> I great, can't hate that. <laughs> great opportunity for her. But but I'm sure, you know, when you any program, any of us, you're, you're if you're missing one of your prolific goal scorers, it can really make a big impact on your on your roster. And she'll be back soon, I presume. She, yeah, she she's going to miss a total of eight games, and she's missed, I believe it's it's three or four right now. And but that's that's sizable. That's a big part of the season. Makes it makes an impact. You you got a prolific goal scorer, and we talked about on the boys side just some of these teams are so good, but you have to find ways to score. So it's it's harder. The higher level you play, the the better competition, the better goalies. It's it's hard to find ways to score sometimes. New England Hockey Journal's Rinkwise podcast will return after this message. Do you want to skate fast? For 50 years, Laura Stam instructors have taught youth players to pros how to skate correctly, powerfully, and fast. Players who attend Laura Stam power skating programs learn how to skate fast by learning how to execute every maneuver in hockey. They become powerful, stable, efficient, and explosively fast skaters. If you can't wait for a clinic, join our subscription skills video service and we'll show you the skills taught at our clinics in an easy-to-use video format with training plans to guide your training. Register or subscribe now at laurastam.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-S-T-A-M-M.com. You can learn to skate fast. Do you want to become a better hockey player this summer with Paul Vincent Hockey? Since 1972, Paul Vincent, currently the head skills instructor of the Florida Panthers, has been developing NHL and college hockey players. Paul Vincent stands by his saying, there is always room for player development. Players such as Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Keith Yandel, Matt Grizzlick, Patrick Sharp, Adam Oates, and many more have trained with Coach Vincent and his staff and have outstanding results. Join Paul Vincent this summer at one of his four Massachusetts locations, Canton, Saugus, Middleton, and Falmouth on Cape Cod. To reserve your spot today, go to pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. That's pvhockey.com or call 978-807-4070. Paul Vincent is ready to get back to work this summer. Are you? I want to let you know about a great team that is training the next generation of hockey players. It's Bando Performance. Their experts work with hockey players at all levels, from youngsters to Olympians right on up to the pros. And I'm going to tell you how to get a great deal with them in just a sec. Bando Performance's small classes ensure the best odds for success for athletes looking to increase power and performance as well as their nutrition and health. It has the same high-tech equipment you'll find in NHL weight rooms that hockey players use to increase their strength, speed, and power. I told you I could save you some money on this, so listen up. Go to bando-performance.com and pick a training program that's right for you. And this is the good part. For RinkWise listeners, use the discount code BANDO30OFF to get a 30% discount. That's bando-performance.com with the code BANDO30OFF and see your performance improve immediately. 
as we kind of close out the list of preseason, and we, we obviously have updated rankings on the website all the time, but from being a new coach in this landscape, remember we talked before the season, and um, I asked you kind of about your, your mindset going in, and we've talked a little bit about how you, you love the league, and it's been good, and it's been great hockey. Is there anything else? Has anything surprised you? that you maybe weren't expecting going into the NEPSAC and playing prep hockey instead of MIAA? I, I wouldn't say surprised per se, but I think more educated, if that's mm -hmm. the, the right way to put it. I think it's it's interesting for me, so... For, from a lot of, for a lot of different reasons. So getting to experience the MIAA and then also getting to experience the prep side and also the fact that I also did not grow up playing hockey in New England. Mm -hmm. So I just bring a completely different perspective. and A fresh perspective. It, for sure. And it's, I think the best way to put it, I think for us and our program and my players and my families, this was a very good opportunity for us. It's, as I said, just I think... For the players on our team, it's the level of play is just it's very comparable to what they already see at the select hockey world. Mm -hmm. So essentially on the girls' side, the model for prep is you know, they play select hockey in the fall and then they'll play with their respective prep school throughout the, the high school season. And again, for us, like it's it, the level of play is, com is comparable to that. And as I mentioned, like we'll, we'll have several college prospects on the team, division one, division three, they're in that process right now, We're talking about big recruits on on teams. And it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a platform that will help cultivate that talent even more. So so tomorrow we play Cushing mm -hmm. on Wednesday at Merrimack. I mean, that's going to be a great girls hockey game. It's going to be exciting. There's going to be a lot of people there. There's also going to be a lot of college coaches mm -hmm. at that game. And effectively, that's what we want. So I've been really impressed so far. It's been great to see you guys' success. And it should be interesting. This season, it, it, as you said, it, everything's tight. And, and you, see, you mentioned a lot of those scores. They're close games. These are close games, and they're really good teams. And I'm excited to see how the season goes. We'll probably be back here sometime in the near future discussing our takes from today and takes from preseason and seeing how they age. Hopefully they all age good. I think they will. I think <laughs> I think so far, Evan. Or age well, I think is the right word. They yeah, age well. yeah. I think I think we're having a pretty good track record right now of being fairly accurate with our assessments of the of the prep teams. And again, I think prediction on the girl side. I think we're going to have a really tight race as we get going. I think the the teams are getting to the core of their their schedules coming up. And again, I think. Our list is fairly accurate, but I think you're going to see a tight race. I don't think anyone is going to blow anybody away. And I think I think Phillips Andover is, is going to be a team that we're going to see at the top this year, just given how deep they are. And Williston, Nobles, some of the usual suspects. But I think we're just going to see a very tight race. And right now, I, I think it's going to be too close to make any prediction who's going to come away with the title yeah sure. no we yeah we're not going to do predictions for that yet we did that preseason but it's it's january we'll get to those predictions at some point throughout the season and we will have coverage of, of girls prep hockey throughout the season we have rankings and stories of some good stories coming up in the next magazine on some teams and girls prep hockey so it should be fun should be an interesting rest of the season it absolutely will and we will continue to do coverage and can't wait to see how things progress in the next few weeks and I'm sure we'll certainly be back here before the playoffs and of course afterwards to yes reevaluate everything and start the process all over again should be fun should be fun
Well, Evan, thank you so much again for joining us in studio today and providing all your insight and in-depth coverage. Of course. It's always a pleasure, Stephanie. I always love doing this. Doing a great job. And we can't wait to see you at some girls' games, too. You got to get out yes, and catch I know. an AP game. I do. Time. I got to get to an awesome Just... prep game. That's the big one. AP is the one I got I to be at. I will be at them soon. I will be at them soon. You have to get your snowsuit, though, ready to, to go in Merrimack. <laughs> it's so cold in that ring. But I will say, though, Mer when I was at Merrimack last weekend, or, or there was a great one of my friends was a lacrosse player at Merrimack. She was very good. And I, when I was there, I said, I love when I go to these rinks around the region. I love to go to a place nearby for food, not like a McDonald's or a Wendy's, but like a a, a local place or a, a pizza shop. I love pizza shops. Anyway, she mentioned a place called U Burger, which is nearby. And I mentioned this to you off off mic. And great burger, great fries. I don't know if it's a chain. Might be. I I, I don't quite know if it's a chain or not. Um, but it didn't feel like a chain, and it was an amazing cheeseburger. It was a nice barbecue sauce and bacon. I'm getting people really hungry. Good fries. So if I go back to Merrimack, that I will 100% be going to U-Burger after, so I'm excited for that. Well, there, well, there you go. Not only do you get great hockey coverage great hockey. here, but restaurant reviews here. Yes, so. we provide everything for you on that. Well, great to know, and I'm sure our audience will certainly take you up on that and try I know that's point. free advertising I, people are going to be this going to be a line at U-Burger next time I go they're like oh Evan, Evan you recommended it now they're going to be getting in line they're going to be in front of me waiting for my for their burgers so we'll see what happens awesome well again Evan thank you so much and I look forward to getting back on here and, and chatting hockey again of course and that does it for this edition of Rinkwise. our podcast is produced by David Yaz follow us on Twitter Instagram and Facebook at Any Hockey Journal and subscribe online at NewEnglandHockeyJournal.com I'm your host, Stephanie Wood. Rinkwise is a Siemens Media Production.